Problems with employees can often have a detrimental effect on a business. And in most circumstances, where there is sufficient evidence to demonstrate poor performance or even gross misconduct, there is often sufficient grounds for dismissal. However, there are often times within an employer's business that they may be required to dismiss a person during an unfamiliar time in their career, such as during long-term sickness absence or while they're away on maternity leave. Taking the decision to dismiss someone during these times, even when necessary, can leave a business exposed to a greater probability of a claim. So how can employers take steps to dismiss a person without breaching their employment rights? Today I'm joined by Donna Martin, Head of Employment and Partner at Mackerel Turner Garrett. In this podcast we're talking specifically about sickness absence and in our next edition we'll talk about maternity leave. So Donna, in the case of a person who has been off on long-term sickness, what should employers be aware of during dismissal? They will need to consider the reason for the absence. For example, is the employee suffering from a disability? If so, do reasonable adjustments need to be made? Have occupational health been involved? And is there anything you as an employer can do to help facilitate a return to work? Typically, this could be remote working, a phased return, or flexible hours. Provided all of these things have been considered and where necessary acted on, a termination can be potentially fair, provided that a correct process is followed. So what steps should be taken before a person on long-term sickness is dismissed? A formal capability process will need to be followed, which includes meeting with the employee on a number of occasions to discuss their progress and any medical update. It would also be necessary to obtain a medical practitioner's report, whether that be from occupational health or their own personal GP. It may be that the employee cannot attend their place of work for the meetings, so alternative arrangements will need to be considered, for example, meeting at an independent venue away from the workplace, or if necessary, actually holding the meeting at their home. It's always best practice to attempt to have the meeting in person. However, if this just cannot be facilitated, then it's worth considering video conferencing, or at the very least, a telephone call. Similarly, an employer will also need to consider the employee's right to be accompanied. Whilst under statute, an employee is only entitled to be accompanied by a trade union representative or a colleague. You may want to consider extending this in cases of long-term sickness. It is likely that an absent employee may not feel able to reach out to a colleague for support, and if they are not a trade union member, they will have nobody to call on. When dealing with an employee who is suffering from a disability, do consider extending this right. And is there anything else employers should be aware of? Yes, an employee who is off on long-term sickness absence may be entitled to permanent health insurance benefit under a scheme put in place by the employer. Now, it's often a condition of the PHI scheme that the employee remains employed. Therefore, termination of employment could deprive them of cover under the scheme. It's therefore advisable to ensure that the contract is reviewed regularly to ensure that it does not give any greater rights to PHI benefits than those provided in the insurance policy. At this stage, you may also want to consider whether ill health retirement is possible. Okay, so what would happen if a person is undergoing disciplinary proceedings and required to go on sick leave? Can employers continue the process in their absence? 
Whilst many employers decide to put proceedings on hold if an employee is absent due to ill health, it is vital that they do not allow matters to drift. Time is of the essence when dealing with issues of misconduct and subsequent dis disciplinary proceedings, and an employer could actually be criticised by an employment tribunal if they do not act within a reasonable time frame. So it's actually advisable to continue with the process where possible. You may be required to make some adjustments to the usual procedure, for example, dealing with the hearing remotely or on paper if the employee cannot attend in person. And you may also need to obtain medical advice to see whether the employee is fit to actually attend the disciplinary. Now, if an employee is absent due to stress at work, it may well be that putting the disciplinary action on hold will actually exacerbate their symptoms due to the uncertainty as opposed to alleviating them. And it's also worth noting that this can sometimes be used as a tactic by employees facing disciplinary action and should therefore be dealt with as efficiently as possible in order to avoid time lapsing to such an extent that the disciplinary process can no longer continue.